We've never wavered from that vision. Everything you hold worthwhile is at stake. Beyond yourself and ourselves, I have a dream. Freedom is indivisible. Uh, I took the initiative in creating the internet. That app comes with incredible rapidity. One electrical arc after another. Still trying to get myself adjusted. It really is a revolution. Welcome to the Hustle System a podcast where we dissect the patterns of success and failure for my favorite people in the whole world. Today with me, we have Mr. Craig Valentine. You can find him on Instagram at RealCraigValentine. Also, uh, your email. So, so tell me about this. It's from the book. It's Craig at Godfather.com. What's, okay, what's, what's that about? <laughs> yeah, well, listen, this is just me riding someone's coattails. One of my business partners used to have the ultimate internet marketing business, which would buy and sell domain names automatically with a software. And this is way back in 2009. He was buying 20,000 expired domains uh, a week. So look, somebody had godfather.com and let it expire. That person probably no longer has a job. And so his software bought it. And then back then you had seven days you could return it and get your money back in seven days. They changed the law back then. But so he would basically then go to somebody who owned a website. Like, let's say, you know, you own Mikhail.net and he had Mikhail.com. He would go to you and say, hey, how much do you think this is worth? He wouldn't try and sell it to you for a price. Mm -hmm. He would say, how much do you think this is worth? The software would say that. And if the person's reply was a number greater than X sound by, set by the software, he would take that bid. Yep. So someone might say $5,000 and you know, like, okay, great. But you actually could have got it for 500. So anyways, that's how we got it. And he just lets me use it for email. It, it, there's no website, nothing. He only uses it for email. I love that you have this. Like, it's like a Rolls Royce that you use for like your kids as like, right. you know, <laughs> it's like a toy. I, lo I love that. That's, that's, that's so cool. Yeah. It's almost like um, equity arbitrage. It's almost like a totally. stock market for, uh, yeah. for, for residents. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, so Craig at godfather.com. Uh, and then uh, early, uh, you know, he runs early rise. Uh, uh, which has, uh, as of what I saw, 150,000 plus readers. I'm sure it's a lot more now, right? Where are you at now? Uh, we're about there, actually. So um, back in the day, the 150,000 from my book and from all that, it was mostly when I was in the fitness business. And now we transitioned into, made a bunch of money there and I didn't want to be in there anymore. So now we do the coaching. And so we built it up, you know, perfect day formula and all that sort of stuff for morning routines we talk about and, you know, a lot of stuff you talk about too. Totally. Yeah. We're going to unpack a lot of that awesome stuff. And you have a master's of science uh, in exercise physiology. So everything he says is legit. Listen yes. to it, please. Yes. Uh, your stuff is awesome. Author of the cardio myth, author of the perfect day formula, which is uh, awesome. I, I put that morning routine side by side with mine and, uh, and I cried because you wake up at four, I wake up at five. So I felt uh, a little bit like outplayed there, you know, so that was, that was awesome. Uh, that sold well, uh, you know, tens of thousands of copies, really awesome. Uh, perfect week formula, which is also great and, uh, unstoppable, which, uh, has a lot of very, very fascinating topics that I think are going to be just, just fascinating for the audience to unpack. So Greg, thank you for being here. Welcome aboard. This is going to be a lot like, of fun. Where I'd like to start is a very personal thing for you. You had a post on your thing for 2020 goals. And you said a lot of the people in your network have been telling you to to push yourself to that next level, to, to head for that next mountaintop. So let's maybe kick it off there since it is the beginning of the year. Um, what, what are the things that you felt 
you know, you haven't set as big enough goals. What are your goals for this year? And are there any things that were holding you back that you felt like, boom, I'm going to shatter that this year? Well, yeah, I think that it's a common thing that holds a lot of entrepreneurs back. A lot of people who are just getting started with their businesses will resonate with this where they're doing too much because you might think you're the only person that can do it or you've always done it or you come from a blue collar background like I do. And it's kind of like there's this inside guilt in your head. Like, who am I to ask somebody to do some of this stuff for me? Fortunately, I'm kind of lazy, so I don't actually have that hard of a time getting other people to do stuff for me. But I want to build more of an intelligent business that requires less of my time. Uh, I want to be more ruthless with my time, even though I'm pretty ruthless with it. I want to be helping. Um, I want to be, I, I think I undervalue myself in some of the work that I've been doing. So fortunately, my marketing team and some of my business coaches, like, you know, Dan Fleischman, who, uh, who's, you know, I'm in his mastermind, um, you know, they're just pushing me to charge more to get more people into our automated courses. And I've actually, just this week, I've fired a few clients, moved, downgraded them or moved them to other coaches in my program. Because essentially I wanna build the biggest small business coaching program in the world. Basically the Tony Robbins coaching of small business where it's not, I mean, there's some personal development in it, but it'd be much more heavily towards the tactics and practical stuff of building your business. I love that. Okay. So, uh, amazing. So you're, you're really drawing some boundaries. You're, you're clearing space. Um, let's talk about the, the valuing yourself highly concept. Okay. And yeah, I think the frame that I want to talk about this in is a lot of the audience will relate to this. Uh, how much delusion versus realism do you need to have? And how do you go about balancing that kind of, uh, it's, it's almost like the, the narcissist and empath scale where you have to be totally fearless and unstoppable while at the same time having great empathy and being really open. Um, how do you, how do you approach that for yourself? That's a great question. And I love the way you phrased it and everything. And I'm going to start with the imposter syndrome. What I have found over the years is that we discount what we are great at. So for example, um, I was just talking to a very, very close friend. She's amazing at understanding people, making people feel welcome, coaching people to get out of bad positions. Now, here's the thing is they don't teach you that in school and nobody's giving you a, a college diploma based on that. And so she feels a lack of confidence there because nobody has given her a diploma for that. But that's an incredibly valuable skill. And so she discounts it and doesn't see it as something that she could make a business out of, which, whereas I've helped a lot of people make businesses out of that sort of stuff. And I clearly see the path, but it's the same with myself. Like I don't understand why people need help uh, getting clear blueprints on what to do next or on how to be more disciplined or on how to create a vision for their business in their future, because that comes so naturally to me. And I discount it because I think it comes naturally to everybody. But um, like, I know what I'm doing on September 19th at three o'clock in the afternoon. And this is, you know, January 4th. Mm -hmm. And most people don't even know what they're doing on January 5th at three o'clock in the afternoon. So it took me a while to realize that. And when I realized that, I'm like, okay, this is very, very valuable for people. And then that allows me to charge more. Now, that's very difficult for you to do on your own. So the secret to everybody addressing both ends of what you said, you know, making sure you're not too crazy with how much you're worth is to have great outside feedback from people that you respect and people that you respect. Um, maybe it could be customers. It could be business peers. It could be actual coaches. It could be mentors. It could be people that have experience. 
you do need to have a soundboard of a lot of people. And then it's an art and science in terms of you evaluating the feedback that you get. So the thing that I think is the answer to everything is to know a lot of great people. So if you know a lot of great people, you get a lot of great feedback, it'll open up a lot of opportunities. So everybody listening, make that one of your new year's resolutions to get out there and meet great people. Whether you host your own podcast, go to events. Well, actually you should do all of those things, but the more people, you know, the better you're going to be in every area of life, including getting feedback. Awesome. Okay. So to unpack that a little bit further too, you mentioned new year's resolutions and this is one of the things I really love about your content. And I think we have a common thread there where look, it's not about making a resolution or a one-time declaration and then fall, you know, and then, and then just kind of letting it slide off. You know, it's yeah. that common military term, right? We don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. So mm-hmm. whatever systems you build and you're, you're huge on, on systems building uh, for setting that goal. So um, that's allowed us to kind of unpack some of the things that you're doing. You mentioned firing clients, which we can unpack a little bit more, but, before we do that, um, this idea of temporal discounting with goals. Okay. So, yeah. uh, we discount what we are great at, I think is yeah. huge. I think another thing that people discount is short-term versus long-term gratification. Uh, yeah. so, so what they will, so what they will do is they will put an immediate, uh, short-term goal, uh, in front. And then they're not, uh, I call this the waterfall where, because they didn't take that micro commitment step to do the hard thing. Now it might be a week, a month, a year from now. Uh, they find themselves not where they want to be. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how to psychologically push through, let's say, the resistance of doing something that's like waking up early or hitting the gym instead of sitting on the couch? Um, what do you use for that? Well, first of all, you're a really good interviewer. And, uh, you know, I, I love the unpacking of things. And second of all, it's another really great question. And I'm not just saying that. Uh, it is a really great question. And it's something that I teach that is super important. And it is getting a quick victory. So it doesn't have to be a big victory. It just needs to be a quick victory because if you get a quick victory, you get momentum and motivation. And again, this doesn't mean that you have to go from 7 a.m. wake up to 5 a.m. wake up overnight. When I was struggling with my wake up time, this is back in 2006 when I struggled with anxiety attacks, I was getting up at 7.30 in the morning, rolling over in bed and checking my phone. And I felt horrible doing it, but it was that short-term gratification. So One day I decided tomorrow I'm getting up five minutes earlier and I'm waiting five minutes longer to check my phone. Now, most people make that three hour jump, right? And it works for one day, maybe two days, and they feel on top of the world and all of a sudden, boom, they get hit by a truck and they say, oh, this doesn't work. But I did three days in a row of just the 10 minute window. Then I did another three days where I had got up another five minutes earlier and stayed another five minutes before email. And I just built that. So I was getting quick victories. I was getting a dopamine hit for doing something good as opposed to a dopamine hit from doing something bad. And when you do that, you build up self-confidence and you build up, first of all, results. You build up a better identity, which is, which is a huge thing missing from most people's idea of resolutions. And James Clear talks about a lot of that in Atomic Habits change your identity rather than, you know, trying to set a goal. So you would say, if, you, if people listening to this want to get up earlier, just to use a very straightforward example, you say to yourself, I'm the type of person who gets up early and, you know, does this in the morning and does that. And that's actually so much stronger than saying, uh, my resolution is to get up at five o'clock in the morning. Well, great. You get up at five o'clock in the morning and then you don't know what to do. But if you're the type of person you're the type of person who does this. Like I have this one thing in my life 
where I'm the type of person who is, I'm, I actually use a phrase, I'm the British gentleman, I'm polite and courteous at all times, and I do not swear. So those, that is my identity. And that, you know, if I'm frustrated on an airplane or in an airport or whatever, I'm still holding the door for the lady, every lady, whether it's an old lady or a young lady, I'm still holding the door. I'm holding the door for her, you know, the guy. I'm not rushing through. I'm letting somebody go through security in front of me, even though I'm like, oh man, I really want to get through it. No, that's my identity. And therefore, if that's my identity, it requires less discipline and willpower. And therefore, I have a greater chance of success. But it all comes down to that quick victory first. What can I get a quick victory on that today so that I come back tomorrow and get a bigger victory and then tomorrow I get a bigger victory and so on and so forth. And the next thing you know, you've accomplished great things. I love that. Um, my dear friend, Greg Champion, who runs one of the largest uh, recovery centers uh, here in California has a, a similar uh, phrase called suit up and show up where he had a, you know, a very personal thing. I'm not gonna unpack it here, but uh, he still uh, chose to suit up and show up that day. And um, that's something I've always uh, respected. And this really plays into a recurring theme that you have for almost all your content, which is uh, stoicism, right? If yeah. you were to say, uh, Ryan Holiday, the obstacle is the way, you know, that's the step five in your seven steps of uh, building habits of steel, right? Figure out what you want, mm -hmm. what matters most, focus on it, identify steps to success and um, rules for your life, uh, create a checklist, uh, prepare the night before, important, and number five, remove all obstacles, uh, take massive action, number seven, learn and improve. And, uh, you know, I always have a, a little bit of a pet peeve when uh, people have someone on the podcast and it becomes a, a book recap. So I, sure. uh, I go through those uh, with the intention of kind of saying, well, to tee that up, you know, if you're not able to push the resistance, you're not going to be able to build your business, you're not going to be able to build your body, you're not going to be able to show up for yourself and for uh, your loved ones. So, um, the way that that translates is that structure, okay? You, you and I, are, I think, are both very type A, very structured. It, it does allow for freedom, right? You have that structure equals freedom kind of mm -hmm. component there. Yep. Um, can you talk about flow state a little bit? How do you go about, in such a structured manner, leaving room for flow state and creating gaps for you to be able to go in that headspace? Well, I'm a big believer in flow states can be scheduled in. So if you take a look at like when I was in high school, I read every Stephen King book and Stephen King every single day, same desk, same computer, 9am, 2000 words. That's it. It's just, this is the factory that Stephen King goes to. He gets in the flow state in his factory. He has created 50 plus bestsellers. Okay. So, so then you meet somebody who's who's just getting started and says, Oh, I can't, you know, I can only get in the flow state when, you know, Jupiter is aligned with Venus and like, okay, well, listen, I get it. I get it. It might be easier for you to get into flow state in those situations. But if you want to be a factory, if you want to be the type of person that is so prolific that you get your own masterclass uh, and I love those things, you know, like those people, those people are going into flow state into work. And so, so here's the thing. Self-reflection is absolutely critical. Now, how did Stephen King come up with nine o'clock in the morning? You know what? He probably wrote at a whole bunch of different times and realized I'm the type of person that who, when they start writing at nine o'clock in the morning, that's my greatest opportunity to get into flow state. And I remove all these distractions. And here I am, you know, 50 years later with 50 plus bestsellers. That's how you do it. And so there, there has to be a whole lot more pragmatism to flow states than those people who resist it uh, want to believe, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a musician. What, what I used to do is I used to sequence out a four to six hour window every Sunday. Oh, cool. 
And that would be like my, I call it like structured flow state. And then an alarm goes off like an hour and a half before. So it's oh. like, you need to switch your brain back into business mode, right? Because there's a totally two different parts of your brain that are working there. Um, That's super cool. Yeah, so I found that to be kind of fascinating. Uh, one thing you just mentioned is, you know, he looks around and um, looks for certain things. Uh, so I'll call that, you know, uh, success metrics, right? Um, reference points in the environment uh, for success. And what, what are your reference points? You know, obviously the bank account can be one, but what are the things that you use to kind of observe in your environment go, am I going the right way? Well, you know, the books are huge for me. So I grew up as a bookworm. And in the last four or five years, uh, we've created three books where, you know, if I got hit by a truck tomorrow, I'd be like, hey, I left, I left everything in those books. I mean, there's more I can teach you, but the, the fundamentals, the foundations are in those books. My life's work is there. And I feel so great about that. Even when I write an article, I look at it like painting a painting, like Picasso or, you know, Van Gogh or whatever those guys, when they finished a painting, yeah, it wasn't perfect. And they were probably critical of it, but it's that feeling. And so for me, that's a big part of it as well. And then the whole networking and relationship stuff, you know, if I grew my network today, whether I grew it in volume or I grew it in depth, that's another very important thing for me because money is not as powerful as relationships for sure. For sure. It's great to have money and relationships, trust me. And oftentimes money will allow you to accelerate relationships or get into relationships that you can't but it doesn't matter where you are, where you're starting out with. I've, I really, really, really have a, a wide variety of friends in, I mean, I got old white guys as friends and I, I have a, you know, young urban friends and I have friends in Eastern Europe and I have friends in Asia and all over the place. And it's, it's like today was so cool at nine o'clock in the morning today. Um, I connected an Australian guy who lives in Colombia and owns a bunch of liquor stores with a Colombian who lives in China and is doing exporting into Colombia, but needed some help. And I get so much pleasure from doing that. Like it lights me up to make that connection. And I do that kind of weird connection game almost every day. And that is a huge sign of progress and success for me. Okay. So that, that is huge. Uh, I think for a lot of people, especially young guys starting out, you know, we have this, um, current environment of Lambo lifestyle of, you know, go to Bali and do the thing and sit on the laptop in a villa. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, get them. Get, uh, and, and I think a lot of people actually aspire to that because they've never had it. Um, myself, I, I grew it up. It looks very, pretty darn good, man. I haven't done it yet, but it looks pretty good. <laughs> right. It looks amazing. Uh, I myself, you know, all my parents are, um, both of my parents are pretty decent in uh, theoretical physics. So I grew up in a very wow. uh, academia oriented household. So uh, things like money were never really preached as a, as a, an attainable thing. It was more like, mm -hmm. you know, we study how stars explode and stuff. So it's like our, our entire existence here on this earth, just since I was like six has felt just very like, well, okay, it's a blip, you know, it's a cool, sure. so what are you going to do with the blip? You know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I found that to really, um, and as I get older, I really resonate with that statement of relationships are far more important than money. Mm -hmm. And often it's those intangibles of, you know, maybe you're going through a hard time in your business, maybe you're going through heartbreak and you know what, that money's not going to like give you a big hug. Uh, that money's not going to show up with uh, with a coffee when you know you're you've had a long night and help you out. So, uh, thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's it's just a huge. It warms my heart. Um, to unpack that a little a little more, you mentioned legacy. What's the legacy piece that like if you could do one from from now until the, the end of it all? You had one one more thing. You mentioned the books and what's what's your one thing if you had like? Oh, you I got it, man. Yeah, I got it. 
So, so my one thing is not business related. Uh, years ago, I was in New York City, uh, staying in a nice hotel, and they had Town and Country magazine. I mean, most people listening to this go, "What the heck is Town and Country magazine?" This is a this is a white old white person's magazine. <laughs> put it that way. And in Town and Country magazine, they had a profile of of uh, the Ferragamo family, you know, the shoe empire, and they had this family photo in a Tuscan countryside of the five sons of Salvatore, I, I believe it was his five sons um, and their families and their kids and their hunting dogs. And I'm like, that, that is what I want. That I, I, I mean, it takes money to have that, especially if it's a Tuscan countryside um, and it's all, everybody's decked out in uh, uh, Ferragamo clothing. But uh, you know, what I want is that picture for my own family. So that's mm-hmm. the most important thing to me right now. And fortunately I'm, going down that path faster than ever I ever have before. Now there's that side of things doesn't mean I'm going to stop working. So if you go back to the work side of things, it is that small business coaching program that is just the most practical and tactical and magical, you know, those three things combined. And, and I just had a coaching call literally right before this with a, with a woman out in LA. So I'm talking to all my friends in LA today and she had spent $60,000 on another coaching program in the last year and was not happy with it and got more value out of the first 46 minute phone call with me than she did out of $60,000 worth of coaching last year. I love coaching. I get frustrated by stories like that. And we just come and I'm not for everybody because I'm very blunt to the point. If you want me to give you a hug, I'll give you a hug, but I ain't giving you a hug for 46 minutes. And you're going to get stern, a stern but loving parent is what you're going to get from me. And if you're down with that, because it gives you the step-by-step and the blueprint and the kick in the butt and the accountability and the, you know, the pick you up and pat you on the back when you need it, that's what we do. And I want to do that for people who are sick and tired of the nonsense. And so that's the business side of the legacy. Numbers, I don't know how many people we're going to help, but we're going to help a lot. Yeah, you've got some, you've got some big goals. I, I think that family photo really resonates. It's, um, there's principles of giving there, of contribution there. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a, a sense of, of status. The way you mentioned it is like decked out of Ferragamo. I don't think it's as much of a status play for you as a, hey, we, we, really, we really took care of our people. Um, yeah. At least that's what resonates and comes across. And um, that, that's extremely, extremely powerful. Ooh, you mentioned value. Uh, how do you go about balancing the giving um, and then taking care of yourself? The quote, filling up your own cup uh, and giving the value how do you go about creating that balance in your life? And do you have any recommendations? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the perfect week formula. So if anybody ever needs to get this figured out, it's all in that book, but I will, I will digest it as quickly as possible. You build your business around your life and not your life around your business. And even those guys who are lawyers who have to be in the office X number of hours, you can still do this. I was a personal trainer back when I started doing this. I was working from 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. and from 2 p.m. till 7 p.m., I worked out in the afternoon, you know, between the split shift and I got up at 4.30 in the morning to work 20 minutes in my online business before I caught the bus to downtown Toronto to train very wealthy and lovely and smart people and learn so much from them. And then I did my workout and then I went and trained mostly their kids who were also uh, lovely people. And then I got home and it felt like, you know, I tried to work a little bit more, but it felt like someone was sticking needles in my eyes. I was so exhausted. And so I crashed and got up at 4.30 in the morning because that was the only time I could get into flow state for 20 minutes to work on my online business, which set me free in 18 months. So 
I was a young man then and able to do that until I wasn't a young man and kept on trying to do it and had the anxiety attacks. And I realized, okay, we need to put recovery time on the calendar. So you, everybody listening needs to look at themselves as a professional athlete. Nobody makes LeBron James play 48 minutes of basketball because it would be not as exciting as 48 minutes of basketball spread out over a longer period of time with breaks. There are half times, there's quarter timeouts, there's TV timeouts, there's substitutions. Same for you. You can play 48 minutes straight of basketball for a few games and then you will disintegrate. It's not playoff mode every single day. You have to understand that you are a professional athlete and need to be treated as such. And that means recovery, both sleep and time off and time away from work and time in nature. And it means nutrition and it means relationships and it means time with others who are not hard chargers. Like I schedule once, probably every six weeks, a couple of hours with um, a, my best friend from grade school, who's an x-ray tech. You know, we're not, he's, he just downloads all the sports to me that I don't watch. And, you know, we talk about nonsense and, you know, my, type a brain doesn't want to go and do it and i'm hoping he cancels but it's always the best thing for me so you have to have that stuff built in there and that just means first of all we go back to a blank calendar for the week and for the month and we fit in this recovery stuff first and then we put the work stuff on so you've put the life on the calendar first then the business and that's how you build your business around your life and not your life around your business and when you put those constraints and boundaries in your life You'll get more out of the personal side and you'll actually become better in the work hours because you're not furthering the, you know, if you have a 12 hour workday, if you have a 10 hour workday, I bet you're going to get the same amount of work done in 10 hours. You just won't screw around as much. And there you go. And it's the same, you know, there's a lot of research coming out now on the four day work week where people are just as productive. They work a little longer in those four days and they have more time on. They obviously have three days off. And the business is no worse off. In fact, it might be a little bit better. But in most cases, it's equal, but people are working less. Okay, that's awesome takeaways. So what I want to do now, um, we're, we're going to unpack a couple of these things, building a life of purpose, uh, optimizing sleep and what to do if you have an overactive imagination and how to get through self-sabotage, as, as well as a couple other things. But before we do that, you mentioned the coaching. Um, I'd like to do a shameless plug I love your stuff. I'm a huge fan. Anybody listening, uh, if you have the opportunity uh, and Craig is still available by the time this podcast comes out, because I know you're extremely busy and uh, you're, you're very much in demand. Uh, how can people find out more about the coaching? Um, where, where do they go? I would say the best thing to do is to send me the Instagram direct message and then just down, answer this question in advance for me. You know, one, what's your business? Two, what are your specific business goals and obstacles for 2020. If you download that to me, I can then triage you into the right website to go to, the right book to buy, the right coaching option that we have, maybe a call with one of my program directors to see what's a good fit for you. But I can't move anybody ahead until they give me a little bit of information. I'm much like a, a doctor, right? You, I don't know where you need to go until I find out where the blood is uh, spurting out of you. 
<laughs> yeah, you don't want to go to a doctor and be like, I think I'm not on my life no, 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 purpose. Let, let me, don't, don't, <laughs> t- don't tell me, let me guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hold on, let me close my eyes. I think your root chakra is off. You're like, oh God, no, this again. Totally. You need Viagra. No, <laughs> no, I don't. All I got a time. bleeding neck. <laughs> full time, yeah, full time right. Viagra dosage, just in an IV permanently. <laughs> See how that works out. Uh, absolutely, and, and you know, what we do is we, we really vet our guests here a lot. So if like, like, man, I endorse your stuff so much. It's, it's so huge. It's how did you find my stuff? Oh, dude, I've so, okay. So I used to work with Ty Lopez. I advertised marketing for about three and a half years, worked with him really closely hand in hand, then did jump cut. We pivoted them to uh, this new unique uh, make money through YouTube offer. And then the last uh, three and a half, four years, I was a CMO at real social dynamics. Oh, wow. Uh, which, which is um, Owen and Nick, if you know those guys. So that's, you know, three companies in a row doing a million a month plus, um, you know, very, very executive mindset. I'm wearing my Keep Data private t-shirt today, but I'm usually, cool. suit, I'm, you know, I'm usually suit and tie kind of. Oh, wow. Dialed in. So um, your stuff, uh, you know, big, like we're just in those same circles, man. Yeah. I had Joel Brown on. Um, you know, oh, like, cool. Yeah. I, like, like Justin Bieber, I see him at the spa that I go to. So it's just like this weird, like, like, you know, yeah. it's, it's this weird vortex of, of um, the, these humans that uh, I truly believe just didn't give up. Like th- that's honestly it. It's, it's you fall in that category. Like, and that, it's a little bit of that survivor bias where you just, you're just like, nope, I'm going to just keep going. I'm going to keep, uh, and I'm kind of on the, uh, the more up and coming end of that. Right. And a lot of the guys listening are even on the more up and coming end of that. Um, yeah. And so it's so important for them to see, things like how to create sustainable systems to make sure that you like just simply get up on time and do the work. It's, it's yeah. so, it's so under, you know, it's not glamorous. Uh, I think entrepreneurship, again, this, this whole, you know, Lambo lifestyle thing, it's like, that's what gets you there is you get up, you, you, you outwork everyone. And then you, you, you give value, you, you build those relationships. Right. And, and you lead with the heart and then uh, you find ways to create those systems. Like uh, there's a reason why I asked you, how do you find that balance? Right. Of, you know, uh, build your business around your life, not your life around your business, because it can, it can, it can totally sweep you down the river, right? I, we have this analogy, it's called Rivers and Valleys um, for the Elastic Limit, which is a book that I'm working on also. It's this idea where you, where you start life and you're in this comfort zone and you're nurtured and you're going through this big valley of comfort and then this river comes and it sweeps you away, right? For a lot of people in their teens, it's drugs, right? For a lot of yeah. men in their early 20s, it's chasing women, right? And it sweeps you away. And so you never, you set out for that mountaintop, which is that dream, that legacy piece that you talked about, but yet you get swept down this river, you find yourself totally somewhere else, you lose sight of that goal. And uh, it's really tough for people. So that's why I love uh, like the, the raft that you build for people to, to fall back on, on mm-hmm. sequ- you know, sequencing waterfalls. Um, so yes, get, get the coaching. Okay. If you yeah, didn't man. get that part, get the coaching guys. Um, yeah. And then, um, so, so next thing to unpack, um, do, you, do you have anything else to add to that? For um, Yeah, I will say, well, I mean, first of all, I, I went down that river, got swept away by it, ended up in the emergency room twice with anxiety attacks, uh, you know, some hypocritical behavior here. I was the men's health guy, binge drinking on the weekends, really should have gave that up several years before I did. Now, the um, one practical piece of advice that I will give there is that's why when you are starting out, it is so important for you to get a victory in the morning, right? So you got to get up that little bit earlier in the morning. Like I did at age 25, I got up at 4.30 in the morning. I didn't have to get up until 10 after five if I wanted to catch the bus downtown, be on time for my first client. But I didn't want to be a personal trainer. I want to have an online business. So I got up at 4.30 in the morning. I worked until about 10 to five every day. And in 18 months, that 20 minutes a day set me free from that job. I was able to 
get up to about $100,000 a year and, and quit the personal training thing. So the message here to everybody listening is if you get up and you, you say, I'll work on the stuff after work. I mean, it takes more discipline to be a night owl worker than it does to be a morning worker because you got Netflix, you got your girl, you got alcohol, you got whatever it is. You got all these things that tempt you late on night, plus you're fatigued. You got to do it in the morning, and, but you don't have to do huge blocks. 15 minutes of quality work in the morning, six days a week is 72 hours in a year of focused thinking. And if you're trying to write a book, 15 minutes a day, 500 words, you can do 500 words in 15 minutes if you're an expert. In 10 weeks, you have a 30,000 word book. You know, if you want to get up to 50,000 words, you know what, you're looking at just a quarter of the year in order for you to have a huge breakthrough, 15 minutes at a time. Plus, it gives you that feeling for the rest of the day that, yeah, man, I did something today already. So even if you go to work and maybe you like think you'll work at lunchtime or after work and all of a sudden, you know, the world goes to hell in a handbasket. Well, listen, you've already won the day. And that's, that's what matters. So if, if you take nothing else away from this, aside from that relationships are the most important thing, is that second of all, 15 minutes in the morning will set you free. I love it. If you take nothing else away except for the, the, the nuggets of wisdom right. that I've installed in your brain now, <laughs> I, I, I love that. I love that. Um, okay, so one thing I think that, that I struggled with a lot, okay? I've, I, I'm very type A. I've got a very overactive imagination. So I'll be like, cool evening ritual time. Like I built a, like a whole software to text me. Like I built wow. a custom software to text me for, for it's like out, just complete overkill, right? T- typical, a little bit. T- typical, right? So I was like, it is time for your evening ritual. Here's what you need to turn your phone off. You know, stop looking at me. <laughs> and like 15 minutes is like, are you still looking, seeing this? Then you're wrong, right? Um, but I think what, what happens to a lot of people is uh, they're working on their business. They're, they always feel like it's squeeze that last little bit. And I had so many arguments with my friends. They're like, dude, just go to bed early. I'm like, no, but you don't understand. Like, I got to squeeze it at the end. And then you wake up, you're groggy. So yeah. that, that overactive imagination, do you just like hit that with melatonin and 5-HTP? Or like, what's your, uh, what's your approach? No, no, I, I, yeah. I don't use um, any of that stuff to go to sleep. What I, what I do, or to, you know, get that stuff out of your head, I believe it. I'm old school with pen and paper. So I teach people to do something called a brain dump. And a brain dump, because if you got all this stuff racing around in your head, there's no thing that's going to turn it off. What you need to do is get the stuff out of your head. And so I use the analogy. I once bought my friend, the guy who gave me the godfather.com email address. I once bought him and his son, a 4,000 piece death star Lego. And I thought that was the greatest gift in the world. And he looked at me with like like hatred because he's like, do you understand what you've done here? It's 4,000 pieces of jumbled up clutter. I'm like, oh, but it looks nice on the box, right? And so we have 4,000 pieces of jumbled up clutter in our head. And if we try to go to bed with 4,000 pieces of jumbled up clutter in our head, well, that stuff just shakes around all night long. And the next thing you know, you're up at one, two, three, four o'clock in the morning, or you're trying to get it, uh, you know, work on it. No, what you need to do is brain dump stuff, get the thoughts and ideas out of your head, preferably before dinner time, so that you can have a clear head and then go to uh, you know, be present with your partner or your kids or whatever it is you have in your life or your hobbies, activities. Um, it's very beneficial to do stuff that distances yourself from work. So checking email one more time is a horrible idea. Checking uh, social media one more time. It's always that last one more time that really gets your mind racing. You know, it's that email that you shouldn't have read. It's that post that really fired you up. So you got to be able to say no to that. You got to cut the electronics off at a certain time. You got to cut the shows off. 
and, you know, get some meditation and, and space so that, that you can just relax and, and fall asleep. And I know it is a very, sounds very monistic, you know, a very monk-like lifestyle, but it's not um, because it actually gives you the freedom to do a lot of cool things that, you know, it's, Hey, listen, people want to watch Netflix and stuff, but that is a normal average approach to life. And if you want to have an amazing life, it's not going to happen by making sure you, you complete the entire seasons of five different HBO shows every year. It's just not going to happen. So kick that stuff to the curb. I mean, I, I don't watch any television and my life's far better because of it. Totally. Uh, success is the new sexy in a way where it's like, well, we, you know, we saw this, like the nineties was all like rap videos and then like, you know, like 2000, I don't even know what 2000 was. And now we're, now we're like a whole new, and I, I think this whole next decade, man, I, I think, I think we're at the, the forefront of this. I love this evening brain dump. I'm actually going to add this to my um, evening ritual. Uh, what, what I do that's very similar to the declutter concept that you mentioned is we call it uh, mosquitoes and ping pong balls. So we'll have, uh, you know, these thoughts, like it's like mosquitoes, right? You got to do yeah. all these meetings and all these people want your attention, mosquitoes. And then you have the ping pong balls that got inside of your head and now they're, they're ping ponging around. Uh, so I don't, I don't actually have a daily cleansing practice for this. I have a weekly one where every Sunday um, I do a sauna session and I sit in a sauna for three to four hours with no phone. And I, and that helps kind of sweep all the ping pong balls off and do a little force field with the mosquitoes. Um, I love, I love this approach. Those of you guys that are listening, I'm going to add it. So that probably means you should add it to your thing. Uh, victory in the morning, huge. I think that helps you to unwind so you can actually get that uh, victory important. So you have that rollover. Um, let's talk really quick about entrepreneurship. Okay. We've got, we've got a love it, man. A little bit of runway um, specifically uh, how, do, cause you mentioned mediocrity. Okay. You mentioned, look, if you're going to do what everybody else is doing, you're going to be, have the, their life. You're going to be a flatliner, right? You're not really going to have those ups and downs. You have to embrace those. Uh, man, how do how did entrepreneurship affect your psychology? Um, and for the for the younger guys that are listening to this, that are coming up, they're maybe struggling with overwhelm, overwork. Uh, you know, you have that in Unstoppable. But if what what are the things that you would give if they, let's say they already read the book, they've gotten it. What's that? What are like one, two, or maybe three top things that's like? And, and I'll just kind of cue you a little bit on number one is. Um, how you deal with, say, the external world not really supporting you, right? Um, how you deal with uh, maybe this idea that you don't really deserve that great business that you want. Uh, things, things like that on a really, really deep level. Uh, if you could just unpack that and maybe share a personal story. Yeah, yeah okay. So let me try and do this. Um, I think the most important thing for people to understand, I mean, I didn't actually, you know, just on a quick personal story is I didn't expect to be an entrepreneur. I wasn't one of those kids who was starting lemonade stands and selling all this stuff. I, I just love being part of a team. And, I, you know, I was working for some supplement companies when I first started uh, my jobs and that sort of stuff. And I thought, hey, you know, I love this. So, you know, we're going to go out there and build the biggest supplement company in the world. And it didn't work out. And then I became a personal trainer. And then that's why I realized, like, you know, at the end of the day, I actually, I don't like people telling me what to do. And, and so I kind of went into entrepreneurship that way. And, you know, I wanted to design my life. The thing that I would tell young people is like, listen, you're probably not going to be the richest person in the world. You're probably not going to be a billionaire. It's okay to not be a billionaire. And so, so you just need to figure out and have a very honest conversation. What am I willing to do? What am I not willing to do? 
What am I willing to sacrifice and what am I not willing to sacrifice? And I don't mean like, yeah, I'm willing to, to take, do whatever it takes. Like people write, do whatever it takes all the time. Like you're not doing whatever it takes. So don't write that down. Be honest with yourself. When push comes to shove, are you and, and your girlfriend says it's me or the business, which one are you going to choose? And if you say business, hey, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying if you say that it's the business and that situation happens, then you better follow through on it. Don't lie to yourself in self-reflection. And if you are clear about that, great. Now you've got the parameters and you and everything becomes easier because you've made all the decisions right now so that when the decision pops up, you don't have to make it. So be honest and draw the lines. And once the lines are drawn, go and act according to the person that you say you are and be happy and accept whatever you get and whatever you can't get because you're not willing to work 18 hours a day, seven days a week for the next six years in order to become a billionaire like most of them probably do. And realize like, listen, if I have, even if I have $10 million living in California, that's still a lot of money. That's still a lot of money. You don't need to be a billionaire to have a great life. So what can I, you know, what am I willing to do in order to get $10, $10 million? So just those are the types of existential questions you need to ask yourself. And the earlier you can get a handle on that, the better off you're going to be. And the earlier you get a handle on it, you'll probably exceed your expectations without overworking yourself because you'll be at peace with yourself and not making stupid decisions that are either uh, lead you to unethical business decisions or to losses in relationship. And if you lose relationships, you can't work because your mind is always on the lost relationship. Well, Hey, great. You might be in the office 18 hours a day, six days a week, but you're getting 30 minutes of work done a day. Whereas the person who didn't screw up the relationship might only be in the office eight hours a day, but they get six hours of work done. So there's a whole lot of factors that are very easy to see when you're 44 years old as I am that you can't see when you're only 23 years old. But the more that you know yourself now, even uh, as woo-woo as this sounds, the more that you love yourself for who you are right now, the better off you're going to be. Like I think if anybody, if, if I was going to give everybody one entrepreneur to study, I'll let you guess who, who you think it is. Cause I know you will never guess who it is. And I know everybody listening would never guess who I'm going to say, but who do you think it would be? If, if it was you, so I wouldn't say, see, if he says he used the word entrepreneur, it's a lot tougher. Um, knowing you, I would have actually picked Ray Dalio. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. Um, as a kind of a guy, I could see you referencing, yeah. uh, with what he did with Bridgewater, but it's probably not that. So who, who, who is pick, it? Pick an entrepreneur that you think like, there's no way he would pick this person. Okay. Well, well Elon's auto disqualified because everyone would pick Elon. Yeah, of course. Um, but it's somebody you, you would think I would never pick. Got to make it quick. Say one word. Say one name just for fun. Uh, Tony? No, it's Sarah Blakely. Everybody should start oh, really? study Sarah Blakely. Oh, really? Jesse Itzler says Sarah Blakely is the, and just, he is married to her, but mm -hmm. he says she is the best entrepreneur he's ever met. Sarah Blakely was encouraged by, yeah. so, so everybody thinks like these entrepreneurs, like every entrepreneur, you know, came from these struggles and these hard times and, you know, like Elon's dad was crazy and all that sort of stuff. Sarah Blakely came from a very good family. Her father um, encouraged them to discuss their failures at the dinner table. She was not handed anything. She went and sold her Spanx in stores, got turned down, rejected all of the time. She is a mom of four. She, she's, she's done an incredible job. If you, if you were to pick like 
an entrepreneur for every person. And she's a billionaire. She's the youngest female billionaire. I was the youngest female billionaire, self-made youngest female billionaire in the world. But she hasn't, she hasn't sacrificed her ethics or family or anything for it. And so if there was one entrepreneur for all of us to study, even though we're, most of us are men listening to this, it is Sarah Blakely. That's a great message, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whew, let me circle back around through that. Yeah. Um, and and let, like, just give a little bit of room. Everyone kind because of I, you know, I, down. I, I love the stories of almost every entrepreneur, but. That was good. I think it's important to let some things like that land because I think a lot of people will be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they'll like open up the Google tab and then they'll like, cool. I read about it on Wikipedia, but like, like really, really dig deeper. Um, sometimes, sometimes, you know, slower, more methodical, more measured is a better approach, right? That's as I'm getting older, I'm seeing that, um, you mentioned there's a lot of things you see, at, uh, what was it? 44 that you 44, don't see. Yeah. yeah. When I'm like 32 that I probably don't see huge blind mm-hmm. spots and you know, it is 2020. So you can say hindsight is 2020. There you go, man. Uh, hey, every, this is a magical year. I'm amazed. No, I'm amazed. Not everyone is doing that in their marketing campaigns right now, by the way, as <laughs> I'm like, how are you not, how's everybody not hitting that? But I'm sure it will happen. Um, vision. That's the one I'm using 2020 vision all the time. Dude, yeah, exactly. I, I love it. Uh, the three questions you, you mentioned are, are huge. What am I willing to do? What am I not willing to do? What am I willing to sacrifice? I think that's monumental. And uh, to bring this kind of full circle, you know, uh, there's three fatigues that we talk about a lot, things that drain your energy. Uh, number one is decision-making fatigue. So if you've got yeah. a, a laundry list of decisions, you don't know which to prioritize right away. Your energy is getting drained and you're not actually uh, taking that massive action that you need to. The second right. is and that, so- that's why I talk about in the perfect day formula, create the rules for your life, create your own operating system, create your own personal commandments that you don't have to think about. Like I don't swear. So I don't have to think about, Oh, well in front of these people, I'm going to try and you know be cool. I don't swear. I don't, you know, vegans don't eat meat. They don't have to think about it when a cheeseburger is put in their face and they're trying to diet. They're like, I don't eat meat, you know? So create your own rules for your life that make it easier on you. Yeah, you've decided you committed and the actions uh, are consistent. Um, the second is persona fatigue, being somebody who you're not uh, and, and faking uh, the mask as you will. Um, and this third is self-sabotage is going into attack, which is why I really love your opinion um, there on the billionaire effect. You know, it's like everybody wants this great thing and you're never good enough, especially type A's. But you're never good enough until you have the Rolls Royce with the three houses and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think pulling uh, a little bit away from that and being more apologetic about who you are, what you stand for, what you actually want and sharing that with the world is really powerful. I, um, I think so- a lot of people, like they, they don't realize how, how it doesn't take as much money as most people think in order to have a whole lot of great stuff. Like, like almost to the point where it's like, I don't know what to do with all this money. Absolutely. And I, I think there's another component and this will kind of, I think be the bow on a lot of the things that we talked about is I think a lot of people forget how lucky we are to be here. It's yeah. this like rock flying around this giant fission reaction. And it happened to be just the right distance to where we like don't melt. And then we don't, you know, freeze. And then there's like this perfect amount of air, oxygen and water. And then like this timeline effect and this quant- all this quantum stuff. I mean, it's just so like the fact that we're having this conversation, like really picture this. Okay. If you're listening to this right now, you're in a quantum reality where Craig and I are having this conversation and you're listening to it. And then look at all the factors that led to you being here right now, listening to this conversation. It is wild. It is outrageous. And you need to like show the respect to life that life deserves and, and, and show up with the best version of yourself that you can. So I, th- I think that's like an awesome little, like, you know, uh, turn around to everything. I love yeah. it. I love it, man. I love it. it. Awesome. Um, man, thank you so much. There, there, you know, there's so much more I could unpack, but I want to be respectful of your time. Um, I think uh, what I'd like to do to, to kind of close this out is 
If you could just recap one more time on coaching USP, I really want people to, to get that through their head. And then also we'll do, um, uh, at the end of that kind of a, you know, Tim, Tim Ferriss does his like message on a billboard one, right? Typically, yeah. um, mine with that is, uh, it's your last day on earth. And, uh, you know, your, your little boy or your little girl is there and they're like, Hey daddy, what's, you know, how do I live my life? And you got that one final phrase mm-hmm. and you could just do that. I think the coach, you know, well, however, sure. however you want to close it out, I'm going to kind of yeah. hand you the baton and you run with it. Awesome, man. Awesome. Okay. So the coaching is basically the bottom line is we help real business owners make more money and work fewer hours. And so they can live their perfect life, whatever that looks like. That's the most important thing. And then, you know, we have entrepreneurs who are doing the highest level, 750 million a year to everything down to about 750,000 a year. So we have a, a wide range and it's easy to help everybody. They all have their own little areas they need it. Then on the second thing, what's that message that I would leave is it's not about money or stuff. It's about people and experiences, people and experiences. And it's easy for someone who has money to say that. But at the end of the day, the, once, once you hit a certain age, I think that's like in the next five years for you personally, you'll start to see how the simple things in life matter the most. And yeah, it was really fun to, to work hard and run and gun for a long time, but it's people and experiences when you actually look back and what puts a smile on your face it's being in the lambo with it's the person in the lambo with you it's not being in the lambo yeah it was kind of cool to be in the lambo or it's cool to like walk up to it but once you're in the car you can't actually see the car but you can see the person that you're in the car with and talk to them and that matters most because i would trade uh driving a lambo solo for driving, you know, sitting in the back maneuver with a very important person. That's amazing. Um, thank you, Craig. A huge amount of gratitude to you, brother, for taking the time and sharing. Uh, my panda is also very grateful. My, oh, I love my it. panda. Yeah, I, I always bring it. him on to, to kind of brighten up the mood and, uh, and, and get people fired up. Um, thank you so much. Uh, again, for those of you that are listening, um, this has been Craig Ballantyne uh, at realcraigballantyne.com. As always, all of the references, all the little tidbits, the takeaways, uh, all the little components, they'll be in the show notes. Um, Please reach out to him uh, for the coaching and uh, just remember to give and to share and to put your value first and to let your authentic self shine through uh, because we only get one of these live thingies, at least as far as we know. So (laughs) as far uh, as I know. As far as I know. So Greg, thank you so much, brother. Um, Awesome, man. It's a wrap. It really is a revolution. Listen, uh, Vanguardi Bank here. We've never wavered in that vision. I believe. We should try to do things in this building. Everything you hold worthwhile is at stake. Beyond yourself and ourselves. I have a dream. Freedom is indivisible. Uh, I took the initiative in creating the internet. There have come with incredible rapidity, one electrical arc after another. Still trying to get myself adjusted.